Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, December 14th. It is five minutes after 10. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off and Ethan Hatcher is joining us in the studio today. Good morning, Ethan. Hey, yo. Always happy to be with you, Casey. So yesterday, big news. The House formally approving the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. So the Republicans are doing... Something, at least. Mm -hmm. That's nice to see. Uh, They they voted uh, down party lines. It came out to 221 against 212, and all but two of your Indiana representatives voted to go with the impeachment inquiry. Which ones, though, Casey? Which ones? Which which congressional representatives would possibly not vote to proceed with impeachment inquiry? Um, I think you have the list right in front of you. Would you like to mention the two that voted? Right, yeah. No, those those were the two Democrats. Of course, you have Andre Carson here in Marion County and Frank Moran of the 1st Congressional District. Also a no. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, what, Representative Biggs from Arizona. He said that uh, Hunter Biden failing to show up for the closed-door testimony is what helped solidify yes. the vote for the impeachment inquiry. To me... That's the icing on the cake here, that a son Hunter is the deciding factor in mm-hmm. proceeding with the impeachment inquiry for dad. Just another way that this worthless oaf has screwed over the old man. Okay. At a certain point, don't you just got to, you know, cut these failures loose, cut your losses and run? I, I was thinking about this. You know, Hunter Biden and I are the same age. And I think towards the end of the show, it might be fun to do a little side by side, a comparison. Oh, that's just mean to Hunter, Casey. <laughs> that's just mean to Hunter. I'm not doing nearly enough crack <laughs> to get up to his level, huh? Is that what you're saying? Yes, All right. you do not look like a withered husk of a human being. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later on uh, to just compare lives and lifestyles, but um, there was some polling done by CNN back in October, and it said that 61% of Americans do think the president was involved in his son's business dealings, uh, more people not approving of uh, the impeachment inquiry, though. So, uh, 57% said that Biden shouldn't be impeached and removed from office. Now, let's keep in mind that just because this impeachment inquiry is taking place doesn't mean he'll be removed from office office. No. They're just giving him giving well, them more we, authority. We know how this game is played. If impeachment were moving forward, which this isn't about, he would be acquitted in the Senate, which is controlled by Democrats. That's that's how this is going to work. That's how it worked when Republicans uh, were were in control uh, and ultimately acqui- acquitted Donald Trump. Both times he was uh, attempted to be impeached. Now the former inquiry will encourage the White House to cooperate. That's what Republicans have said, and it will give committees more power to subpoena documents and testimony. However, they already subpoenaed Hunter and he pretty much gave him the middle finger. Didn't show up. Instead, he showed up across the street and gave a little press conference. He was speaking to reporters outside the Capitol same day that he was supposed to be there talking behind this closed door deposition. He's crying of no evidence. Of course, there's no evidence. Oh, except for the bank records, the shell companies, the FBI testimony, the whistleblower testimony, the texts, the photos, the emails. 
the White House visitor logs, the Air Force Two travel logs. How about the multiple aliases that Joe Biden has been using? How about video of Biden admitting the $1 million bribe to fire the Ukrainian prosecutor? Does that do anything for you? Yeah. What, what about Joe actually on business calls with the oligarchs? Does that do anything for you? What about the fa- the cash transfers to family members from foreign uh, you know dignitaries? Yeah, and what, <laughs> if the, the brother's... If the brother is a millionaire, why does he need a loan payment from the big guy? All of these things. Very important questions that hopefully an impeachment inquiry will address. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, buckle up. Here we go with uh, Hunter Biden inserting a one little word, one little Mm -hmm. word as he's changing the talking points yet again. Let's move the goalpost because now Joe Biden was not financially involved. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, Mm -hmm. not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. (laughs) Not as a practicing lawyer. During my battle with addiction, My parents were there for me. They literally saved my life. They helped me in ways that I will never be able to repay. And of course, they would never expect me to. And in the depths of my addiction, I was extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest that is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. It's shameless. There is no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business because it did not happen. Okay, so uh, first we had never discussed. Then it was never spoken to Hunter about his business dealings. Then it was insisting he wasn't involved in his son's business dealings. And now we're down to not financially Involved. Well, and he may have given him advice, but not as a practicing lawyer. Now, as a non-practicing lawyer, he may have gotten some legal advice from dad. Uh, You know, I mean, it's just interesting how the goalposts have moved with Hunter Biden. And it does seem the more... the the fact that this story hasn't gone away is the you know the smoke the smoke which evidences a fire because it would have long since disappeared if there was no there there but much like with the laptop which at one time they said was Russian disinformation mm-hmm. more of the story becomes solidified more of it is confirmed all the time and I think Hunter Biden is starting to feel the pressure. Okay, so you want to know who uh, Joe Biden's real running mate is? Right? right now for the 24 election tell us it is hunter biden because boy they have got to say stay on the same page with their talking points (laughs) because if if hunter deviates from anything game over right sure well yeah 
It, well, you, but you also have a complicit media that's not going to hold him to account. I also would say um, his battles with addiction appear not to have been over, considering they found that little baggie of cocaine at oh, the White right. House. Oh, right. And he was that. looking mighty sweaty on July 4th. Did you see the, that <laughs> on the footage? Ba- on the balcony? Uh-huh, yeah, he was looking a little, uh, little frantic, a little worse for the wear, old Hunter Biden. Yeah, it is unfortunate that we still don't have the uh, identity, the owner of that little baggie It's, a, it's amazing. It was, you know, just a blind spot in the camera system. Them mm-hmm. over there in the White House. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's all I'm sure one that, big quinky dink. I'm sure it? they've got a camera on that cubby now, though. Uh-huh. You know, they sure wired they that do. up as, they, as soon as they found you know the gap in the system. So Ron DeSantis has been out saying that he doubts that the Democrats are going to replace Joe Biden with Gavin Newsom. And uh, Ron DeSantis also held a town hall meeting in Iowa yesterday. And did you see the story about the what was that, that satanic sort of display at the Iowa State Capitol building? Yeah, this is interesting. I, I But but Ron DeSantis, I believe, was actually placing the blame on that for for Donald Trump somehow. That's a little bit of a, a head scratcher. Yep, he did. He, he was blaming Trump for the display at the Iowa State Capitol building. So it's interesting. I, I, I heard this and then I was like, well, how did it get there? Is that even a religion? And lo and behold... The Trump administration gave them approval to be under the IRS as a religion. So that gave them the legal ability to potentially do it. So I don't know what the legislature, what they have, they analyzed it, but it very well may be because of that ruling under Donald Trump that they may have had a legal leg to stand up. My view would be that's that's not a religion that the founding fathers were trying to create. Um, but I do what? think that IRS ruling, uh, I was really surprised to see that they did that. Okay. I, I don't think any of the founding fathers were in the business of creating religion. In fact, I think they were a little bit divorced from that concept, considering that one of the first parts of the First Amendment is the not congressionally establishing a form of religion. Like that's oh, okay. So no, no, I don't think that he, his uh, his problem here is with Donald Trump. I think his problem is with the structure of our Constitution. And if you object to religious displays in the Capitol, well, then it's got to be applied equally. And if these people met the qualification under the law for being a a religious institution, then they deserve to be respected as such, regardless of if you agree. There are many religions that I don't agree with that because of this beautiful country and the freedoms we have secured, have the uh, uh, ability and the freedom to operate and express themselves as they wish. As long as it's not hurting me, you know, I don't care what statues you put up. It's not it's not physically threatening me if you worship a goat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Iowa governor, Kim Reynolds, who has endorsed DeSantis, by the way, she did condemn the presence of that satanic altar and the, quote, holiday display that was in the Capitol building. But she condemned it after there was some backlash towards it. And uh, isn't she the one who said, yeah, go ahead, put this up? It's been up for two weeks. (laughs) I mean, couldn't she say take it down? Well, she's bowing under uh, public pressure, evidently. Yeah. Um, So a member of the media in Iowa was asking Ron DeSantis how he's fundamentally different than Donald Trump, not just from a policy perspective, but also morally. How is he different from Donald Trump? And his answer was pretty much on brand for Ron DeSantis. I I consider myself a, a servant leader. Uh, It's not about me. Uh, I have a role to be able uh, to serve the people that I represent. Yes, it's a leadership role, both as governor and as president. uh, But ultimately, it's not about me. It's not about my issues. Uh, It's about your issues, your family's issues, 
uh, and the country's issues. And, and that's a much different frame of mind, uh, I think, than Trump is, is really an, an insular campaign about him. Uh, that's just not how I am. I'm not a ruler. I'm a servant. Any opportunity to uh, diss on Donald Trump he's taking right now. He did go on to speak about his family and his children, and that's how he's also different, not only from Donald Trump, but the other candidates, he said. Well, they, they, he needs to put some distance between him and Donald Trump and create some contrast there. And, you know, that was one of the complaints about Donald Trump in 2016 is Repu the Republican Party largely had been a representative of the party of the you know family values. And Donald Trump, in his personal life, doesn't really seem to live up to those expectations. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, apparently the country said that they don't care about that. But if you're going to be a Ron DeSantis, then you need to create a bit of difference between you and your opponent. So mm -hmm. if you're going to go the moral route, the family values route, that would be one way to do it. It is the Kendall and Casey show. It's 93 WIBC. And you want to talk about something going on with your microwave. Coming yes, up, huh? I'm so excited about this. I, I had no idea. I was I was scrolling through uh, Technology Connections, which is a YouTube channel. And he has a couple videos about the sensor functions mm -hmm. on your microwave, which is something that I I, I mean, I guess I, I, I saw that it was there, but I've just never used. And I wonder how many people in the audience are, are the same way or if you've used the sensor I functions. I have no on. idea what this is about. We so got to talk. Yeah, this. you're going to have to explain this. This is cool stuff. It's coming up. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning. It is 21 minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey. Rob's out today. Ethan Hatcher joining us in the studio. You discovered something you were very excited about. This is amazing. I tried to follow along, but I, I don't know what's going on with you and your microwave and the sensor reheat function. Uh -huh. You're calling this a life-changing feature? This is technology that's been around since the 90s, so it's not something that's been recently mm -hmm. in innovated in microwave technology. It's just a little sensor that's built into some microwaves, not every one, but the ones that have this capacity are magical. It started with a video about microwave popcorn. You know how on the back of your microwave popcorn package it says, do not press the microwave button on your microwave or uh, the popcorn button on your microwave oven okay. because it assumes that it's not governed by a uh, sensor but governed by a timer and if it's a timer based then it's not telling you anything about the cooking but if you have a sensor what this does when you push the popcorn button on your microwave mm -hmm. is it uh, creates a ba it, it, uh, uh, creates a baseline reading it turns on the fan and it senses the moisture level in the microwave and then it times the moment from when it turns the microwave cooking on to when a uh, burst of steam is released from the popcorn package. And from that calculator, from that time period, it can calculate how long it will take for your popcorn to be finished. And I mean, it's perfect. Really? It's perfect, Casey. No burned kernels. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's amazing. It's a life-changing feature. The fact that you could just 
push the popcorn button, uh-huh. and then it knows whatever size bag, if it's a fun size bag, if it's a regular size bag, if it's an extra large size bag, whatever you got going on, mm-hmm. it can calculate to the second the perfect cook time. But it's not just popcorn. It's also, like you said, the sensor reheat, which mm-hmm. my microwave has. Um, it, and it's not even the most advanced uh, 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 feature out there. Like, apparently, there's another one that was built in 1997 that's the king of these sensor microwaves. But mine, you can put whatever you want on your plate, basically, whatever yeah. portion size. Mm-hmm. And then based on the steam generated, it can calculate the perfect temperature to reheat your food. It's great. So all I have to do now is just load up a plate with le- leftovers, yeah. throw it in the microwave, sensor reheat, and it's reheated perfectly every time. This is a game changer. You don't have to babysit the microwave or gas or overcook things mm-hmm. now. Or, or put it on 30 seconds, put it on 30 go seconds in and, and like then nope, poking. it's not warm enough. Bingo. Okay, so it's, you're ta- you, it's a sensor reheat button? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what it's called on mine um, because not all sensor microwaves are built the same and not all of them offer the same features. But mine is a sensor microwave and it just has that sensor reheat function. And whatever size portion it is, it can figure out based on the steam generated how long it will take to properly cook the dish. It's a game changer. I don't even know. I- I'm going to have to look. Now, my mind was blown recently when I discovered the mute button on my microwave. Do you know that? No. (laughs) See, okay. But why would you want to mute the beep? Because it's it's annoying. I don't need to know. You don't need to know when your food is done? I, You know, when okay. it stops working, it stops working, right? I guess. It's just annoying, that beeping. So you can mute the beep. I've muted mine. I did it to my mom and it freaked her out. She was like, the microwave's broken. <laughs> no, I muted your beep. I'll unmute it for you. But you're saying on some microwaves now, there is a sensor reheat button. Mm-hmm. So no matter what the food is, popcorn, plate of leftovers... It doesn't matter. Yeah, or like a baked pit. Uh, well, I think the, the sensor reheat probably wouldn't work for your popcorn. Um, they have a dedicated popcorn button for that, but they have like a vegetable button on mm-hmm. mine uh, that'll perfectly cook your vegetables. They got a baked potato button if you ever want a perfectly cooked baked potato from your microwave. Right. This is cool stuff. And it just, through, through the magic of science, Casey, <laughs> science and calculations and tables oh that have existed gosh. since the 90s, and it's going to improve your life. It's going to improve the quality of your your leftover reheating. Uh-huh. This is a game changer. It, it suddenly makes a useless appliance magical. These things, it probably had this forever yeah. and you're just now discovering yes. it. You're yes, so that's why I want to talk about it. You're so excited about it. All right, well, I'm going to have to check my microwave now start, start see out, if there's a sensor reheat button. Start out with the popcorn feature because the, pop, the popcorn feature will tell you a lot about like whether your microwave even has the sensor reheat function. Uh-huh. So if you press the popcorn button on your microwave and it asks a question like, well, how big how big is the bag almost certainly you do not have a sensor it's just looking up like averages and mm-hmm, timetables mm-hmm. and you're going to have some burnt kernels but if it does have the what do you magical mean if it asks me is it going to display? Uh-huh. Well, d- again, if it doesn't have the... My uh, microwave is not currently talking to me, Ethan. <laughs> I don't know if yours is speaking with you. Some that's of, some that's of a them whole speak. different conversation. Some of them speak, the, the fancy smart microwaves. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so just try, try it out. Try the popcorn button out first mm-hmm. and see if you aren't delightfully surprised <laughs> by a perfectly popped microwave popcorn bag. Mm-hmm. Guess work completely removed. You don't have to babysit the bag. It'll just, it'll know when to shut it off. And it'll, it can do that with other leftovers too. It's wonderful. I, there's so many functions on the uh, that appliance that 
probably never get used by majority of people. They just put the food in, put 30 seconds, a minute, two minute, let it go. Uh-huh. Maybe take it out halfway through, stir it, put it back in. But you don't have to suffer under the weight of guesswork anymore. We live in a world of modern convenience, and this is per. You know who'd get a lot of uh, mileage out of this? Who? Jason and uh, Nigel. Uh, you think so? With the nachos. <laughs> yeah. A sensor reheat button for the nachos. Well, I bet a couple of guys like them go uh, blast through a lot of leftovers uh, mm-hmm. uh, on a weekly basis. Yes. You know? I bet so. All right. Well, thank you for the information. Now I'm going to have to go home and have some fun. It's it's fun with your microwave time. <laughs> it's good. Okay. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. It's 1032. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey. Rob has the day off. Ethan Hatcher joins us in the studio. And I'm guessing from the look on your face, just like Rob, uh, you are not a big country music fan. No, Casey. Most of the music I like enjoy listening to hasn't been made in 50 or more years. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you li- you Casey, like I collect stuff. antique phonographs. Most yes. of my musical taste is pressed on uh, 78 RPM records that mm-hmm. were made before 1950. Okay, well, country. <laughs> True music was around back then as well. Yes, Vernon Dalhart, one of the uh, premier early country stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with Vernon Dalhart's catalog, but he's got some good stuff. Okay. Uh, well, Luke Combs, a little bit more modern, right? Indeed. Yeah. Uh, very popular, by the way. Okay. Uh, you've heard of him, right? No, you don't. You have not even heard of Luke Combs. I've heard of Luke Bryan. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this is the other Luke. Uh, many people, I think, uh, have heard of Luke Combs. He's a pretty popular guy. I think at one point he had three of the top ten songs on the country charts okay. uh, over the past year. He sold out Lucas Oil Stadium. I didn't buy a ticket. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, uh, Luke Combs, he has apologized after one of his fans was being sued for selling merchandise with his face on it through Amazon. And he posted a video and he was saying that he's trying to make it right with this lady who is being sued for a whole bunch of money. So here's the deal. Pretty much she had a, a little shop and she was making homemade items that she was selling and she had only sold 18 things that were Luke Combs themed tumblers, right? And she was hit with a big time lawsuit because big stars sure. like Luke Combs, sometimes they hired these outside third party companies to monitor if any big corporations are using their name and likeness without their permission. And if these this third-party company finds somebody, well, they just go and file a lawsuit, right? And Luke Holmes is saying that he had no idea that this was happening, and this woman was sued, and she owes Luke Holmes $250,000 for the 18 tumblers that she sold. I just wonder what the threshold is for intervention, because I understand, obviously, this woman wasn't getting super rich off of this production. But mm-hmm. you, but at the same time, you can't do that. You know you can't do that. You can't monetize content that's not under your direct control. Now, sometimes, you know, you can skirt around the lines here if you're a small time, mm-hmm. uh, small time business. But like, at what point do you cross over the threshold? Like, how many tumblers does she have to sell before this is an encroachment upon uh, Luke Combs merchandising? Right. Well, the company. 
company that Luke Combs hired thought it was an encroachment. And they said that all future sales from her store, from her Amazon store, are going to have to go to Luke Combs until she pays off Uh-oh. the $250,000. That's a lot of tumblers to sell. That is a, an enormous <laughs> amount of tumblers that you have to sell. And uh, Luke Combs got wind of it, and he said, no, 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 no. This, this was made for big-time companies who are infringing upon my name and likeness, not uh, this woman who sold 18 tumblers with my with my picture on it. So he uh, he has sent out a video and he apologized to her and he said he was going to make it right. What's up, guys? Luke here. Uh, it's 7.27 a.m. here in Tennessee. Um, I woke up at 5 a.m. to use the restroom and the first <laughs> thing I saw was this. Um, a woman that's being sued by me for $250,000. Um, I've spent the last two hours um, trying to, to make this right, trying to figure out what, what's going on because I was completely and utterly unaware of this. Um, so we reached out. Firstly, my manager reached out to this news station that ran this piece to try to get some info. Um, and so we do have a company uh, that goes after folks uh, only supposedly large corporations operating internationally that make millions and millions of dollars making counterfeit t-shirts, things of that nature, running illegal businesses. Um, And apparently this woman, Nicole, has somehow gotten uh, wrapped into that. Yeah, so he said that she was never supposed to be involved in anything like this, and she's just a fan, and he's going to try and make it right to her. He said that not only is he not going to sue her, she does not have to pay the $250,000. He's also going to help her with some of her recent medical bills, and he's going to meet her in person. Oh, wow. That's that's wonderful. He sounds like a really stand-up guy, and I'm glad that this was a happy resolution for what what seems to be a fan of Luke Combs. Mm-hmm. And now we have an answer to the question that I asked, what? which is what is the threshold upon you know for encroachment on his merchandising? He's going after the sweatshops, yeah, the sweatshops exactly. that are making you know millions of dollars right. without authorization. So that makes perfect sense. I'm glad he's not you know antagonizing the fan base, and this is a great way to recover from what could have been a PR disaster. So apparently, the threshold, Ethan, is 18 tumblers. Okay. (laughs) Did you hear about uh, Southwest Airlines? Ridiculous. They're being celebrated by some and others are saying, "Eh -eh, wait just one second. Well, this Uh, is some good uh, old-fashioned bullpucky here. So what's going on is some of their customers who are larger and encroaching past the armrest on the one seat, Southwest is saying, well, they're entitled to get an extra seat and... It's free. Well, they didn't say larger. Wow. They said, I, lo- I love the sanitized, politically correct phrase. Passengers of size. Passengers of size. What does that even mean? What size? Yeah. Oh, right. The larger size. The people whose bodies are spilling over the armrest. Mm-hmm. Not only do I think this is bullpucky, I'll tell you what they should do is base ticket prices on a per pound charge. Oh. Because they're, well, they're already charging They're doing it me. with your luggage. They're doing it with the luggage. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you can only have 25 pounds of weight in a carry-on at any given time and otherwise you have to submit it because of the weight limitations and fuel requirements blah 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 blah. so if you're a fat ass then you need to be paying more (laughs) hey look I'm a fatty I can call them as I seize them I weigh like 220 pounds after losing 50 so I'd still be paying a hefty price for my ticket Mm -hmm. my proposal would be costing me money okay I think you should be paying on a per pound basis
crisis. The Southwest uh, Airlines are saying that the flight team is going to try to make every effort to make seating arrangements, potentially moving other passengers around for uh, an unplanned accommodation. However, <laughs> if they can't make that happen, then a, quote, passenger of size, passenger of size. will get a complimentary seat to accommodate the space needed. But then they're just going to upcharge me on my luggage. No, thank you. (laughs) Because they got to make up for the they got to make up for the money somehow. And now they're keeping the seats open for these fatties. No, no, no. (sighs) Mm -hmm. It seems to me that um, Southwest is already a nightmare. I'd expect it out of these losers. This is Southwest dabbling into the um, big is beautiful movement. And when we all know that that's really Unhealthy. Oh, are they uh, seeking a sponsorship with Lizzo? Lizzo for Southwest. (laughs) Okay, America's least Instagram. Let's go from that story to this story. Perfect segue. Because it's about fast food. It is. That's where these uh, frequent flyers are eating. (laughs) Right. So let's tie it all in together. America's (laughs) least Instagrammable fast food chains. They have uh, been, well, they've been ordered number one to number 15. You know, food eats first. Is that right? Camera eats first. Uh, pe- people love to take pictures of their food, post it up on social media. Yeah, but I thought but this like, was supposed to be if you have like a beautiful steak dinner. There we go. Or yes. you know, somebody spent a whole lot of time. Or it's the uh-huh. Thanksgiving dinner spread and all of these wonderful dishes. Or maybe the place setting is beautiful. Someone took a lot of time and effort to make the table look wonderful not and your, inviting. Not your hearties. Not your hearties. Well, they're on the list. They got the beef, right? Where were they? Uh, Subway, number one. As the number one is the least Instagrammable? Least Instagrammable food. That makes sense. Subway. I mean, they don't even make real bread. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or real meat in some cases. Right. Tuna. Uh, Arby's is sitting at number two. Makes sense. Wingstop, number three. Popeye's chicken, number four. These are least Instagrammable foods. Wendy's. Popeye's has fallen from grace. They were uh, surging in media attention just a few years ago with those chicken sandwiches. You remember that fiasco? Well, yeah. You you rate people racing to get the Popeye's Uh and- You'd figure they'd be then taking pictures of the sandwich. I got it, guys. I got the sandwich. You like to you like to eat it, but you doesn't look good on camera. Wendy's also not looking good. Five guys not Instagrammable. Chuck E. Cheese Pizza. I, they're at number seven. I would have thought that they would have been much higher. Uh, just based on these pictures alone. That does not look like the best pizza ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, In-N-Out Burgers also on the list. Chick-fil-A, very popular. Apparently not photogenic. The chicken sandwich from uh, Chick-fil-A, number nine on the list. It's not Instagrammable. Taco Bell makes the list at number 10, and uh, it goes on from there. So do you do you agree? Why, I don't, I don't agree with the practice of Instagramming your fast food. What sad life must you have to place such a high importance on this meal that you just uh, got through a drive-thru, mm-hmm. put together with all the care and attention of a minimum wage staff? It's surprising. Uh, McDonald's actually is doing better than some of these other places. They're saying that McDonald's is very Instagrammable. I think that's just a, a factor of economy of size because there's so damn many McDonald's, you got to figure that by the numbers, more people would be posting about it. Just 
there because there are way more McDonald's than Subway. I think you're onto something though, and that could be part of it that people are doing the hashtag McDonald's, so it's just showing up more. And so just by sheer numbers alone. People are saying, okay, this is looking better. This is why you don't generate your news using AI, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't generate my news using well, AI. Well, no, but these people did. Yeah. Okay, uh, Netflix, they have finally shared their streaming stats. And the most watched show with 812.1 million hours viewed was The Night Agent. Never heard, Never heard of it. Never heard of it. It's no. a it's a conspiracy thriller series. It premiered back in March, and they've also got uh, Ginny and Georgia as their second most viewed show. And also then not familiar with that. And then that's followed by The Glory, and then this series called Wednesday. The this is a surprise to people because Netflix has never released their ranking of viewership and their CEO has said that they do that because they have kept their viewership data private because they've been building up their business and they wanted to be able to experiment with different things while not giving away data to well, potential competitors. I mean, there's that. I'm sure that's partly true, but there's also the fact of compensation mm-hmm. uh, relating to viewership. I'm sure that's played a factor too in the valuation by keeping it, you know, more opaque. <laughs> so I guess they're going to start releasing their viewership of you know what's popular and what's not. Cool going forward. It is the Kendall and Casey show. It's 1044. You're listening to 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is 1048. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall with the day off. Ethan Hatcher joining us in the studio. And uh, also joining us is Abdul. Now, you're filling in Hammer Spot. He's on vacation today. So make this really entertaining like him, okay? (laughs) I I shall try to do my best. Oh, Carl, get his mic up. There we go. Nope. What's going on with the technology? <laughs> Everything's falling apart. There we go. Oh, this there way. we go. Nice work. <laughs> I, I love the troubleshooting that's going on here in the studio. <laughs> we, we, we call them online adjustments. Troubleshooting. <laughs> is my mic working now? Yeah? Yeah, good? yours is. I can oh, hear you okay. in the headphones. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, all right. Abdul, let's talk about what's going on with the governor's race. They had their first little get-together last night. Where was that? What happened? Uh, was where does everybody stand? It was the Denton's Legislative Conference. It's an annual conference that the, the Denton's Law Firm does uh, every year. Uh, they have speakers. The governor was there. They talk about the fiscal policy, education, the usual state-related issues. Uh, they also had, uh, this year, the five Republican candidates for governor. Mike Braun, Eric mm-hmm. Doden, uh, Brad Chambers, Suzanne Crouch, uh, and uh, Curtis Hill. First of all, anybody who's not running for governor, take a step forward. It's my it's my running joke when everybody walks <laughs> when everybody walks in the room. Um, and there, I mean, there are Republicans. So they're all conservatives. So there's not really a whole lot of daylight of, uh, between them. Um, uh, the 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 guy Candace kind of uh, criticizes Ann Crouch and her axe attacks 
uh, proposal mm-hmm. to, to eliminate the income tax. Uh, also, uh, they went after the Leap District. Uh, with Brad Chambers. Brad was the Chambers, only, sure. Yeah, Brad Chambers is the only one uh, on board with the Leap District and uh, moving the water. So, um, but and and that crowd, which is a little bit more, I would say, a little bit smarter than the average bear, a little bit more sophisticated, <laughs> just, just giving some of these, these these platitude responses doesn't work. So you actually had to go into detail. Okay, why are you opposed to the Leap District? You know, what is your issue? You know, with axing the tax. So so from that perspective, I thought it was really good because people actually couldn't just say. No, I'm against it, and then just sort of rant and rant and rave. They actually had to give an explanation as to why. They had to be a little bit more specific, yeah. not just clear, but was, specific. Yeah, it was like it was like a room full of me. <laughs> <laughs> now you've said that the axe the tax plan. It kind of seemed like it was going away with Suzanne Crouch, but now she's back to it. Uh, yeah, uh, and also the thing is too to, to keep in mind is uh, it's a, it's a gubernatorial forum. And so Suzanne was saying we can grow the economy by by eliminating income tax, giving more money, put keep more money in the hands of Hoosiers, which works it works in theory. But the question is, that's forty percent of our state budget. That's half the money for education, and Medicaid. So what do you replace it with? Uh, do you, do you do you raise the sales tax, or do you put tax, sales tax on services? How do you, how do you replace that revenue? Because it's something that um, I want to say Nikki Kelly, my good friend from Indiana Capital Chronicle, she mm-hmm. did a she did a report. Um, she only found like $800 billion worth of cuts that she could sort of do off the top. But that's about it. Uh, Curtis Hill, he offered up his tax plan, which was uh, reducing the gas tax, which I have an issue with because a lot of that money has been bought out for road improvements. He also talked about uh, eliminating the income tax for uh, for folks who are sort of under or like who want to move here, like under 35 like I said, I don't know how necessarily you do that, but it, it was it was interesting. It was an interesting form with a lot of interesting ideas, sort of batting back and forth. Is Brad Chambers taking a lot of heat for what's going on, uh, being the former director of the IEDC in the Leap Project? Are, are are people putting ownership of this on him? Um, yes and no, but but it's really only a a Tippecanoe Boone County type deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, if you're up in Fort Wayne. You don't really. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's that report that came out that said people in Central Indiana are going to have higher higher tax. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but that, rates that, that, because that, that, of the pipeline was, and everything. Yeah, that was a that was a consumer uh, report. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, there there's some flaws with the study. I mean, yes, you have to build a pipeline, and yes, you will use tax dollars, but yes, and yes, you can bond and bond those tax dollars out. But whether it's a tax increase, I'm not necessarily sure about all that. Okay. So. All right, you uh, had an interview this morning with Victoria Sparts. What did you yes. guys talk about? Uh, talked about the impeachment inquiry. Uh, talked about the border. Also talked about uh, sort of defense spending, aid for Ukraine, and uh, as well as uh, uh, Israel. Uh, Republicans like, hey, we want to help Ukraine. We want to help you know Israel, but we have to take care of the border uh, as well. Uh, on the on the impeachment inquiry. Uh, she had an interesting point like this. She said, it's not an impeachment. It's an inquiry to look mm-hmm. for impeachment. My thing was, it's it's been 11 months. Where's where's the there there? Now, is Hunter Biden a, a, a sin of guy? More likely not. But what does have to? But what does this have to do with more his likely death? than not? Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't <laughs> well, I'm a, this is lawyer me. Okay. Lawyer me. Okay. Talk, sure. Lawyer me talking. Um, but as far as Joe Biden goes, where is the direct link that Joe Biden uses as uh, uses influence as president or vice president to help his son? There's nothing there. What? There's, there's there's nothing there yet, or, or nothing that's been publicly shown. Well, yet. do you think? And, that- and even the even early on in the, in the impeachment days, one of the guys who handled the impeachment for Donald Trump said, "I've I've seen the evidence. There, there's nothing impeachable here." 
well, where does the 10% go? Where is the 10% to the big guy? Because we know it's going somewhere, but who is the big guy? What about uh, Hunter's Association with Burisma and uh, the vice president at the time publicly putting pressure on the prosecutor investigating him? What do you mean that there's no evidence? Like, well, well, see, but, I mean, but, maybe but, but, you need to concrete those connections. Well, well, no, but, no, but, no, but, no, but, no, but once the thing then, but once again, it's like it's like me writing a check and you thinking my check was used to buy drugs. So now you want to go in my whole bank account. It's like, okay, you're going to need a little bit more than that. And, and also, I, I fully understand that impeachment is not a legal situation. It's a political. It's, it's, for, politi- it's for politics. So, so, the, so the regular rules of evidence don't necessarily apply. Right. And, and, and I get that. My question is, if, if, you, if you're, go- you're going to go through all this, then you're going to have to have a lot more evidence of what you got right now. And, and that- then, then maybe, the, maybe the inquiry will find that. I frankly think Republicans are on a fishing expedition. No, yeah, well, uh, Republicans have a problem with following through, but presumably it would be incredibly unwise in such a crucial election year to move forward if they didn't believe there was a basis to do so. Like that but, is but a, the, but that's the, a big gamble, and Republicans have swung swung hard and missed many a time. But I, I would think that the story has stuck around for so long. There's got to be more to it. Uh, not necessarily. We're also okay. in a, also nation where where we're in the twenty four hour news cycle. And everybody's got a blog and, and a website and Facebook and Twitter, so it, it stays a lot longer. It stays a lot. It hangs around a lot more than the Bill Clinton impeachment back in nineteen ninety eight. What's going on with Todd Rakita these days? Uh, what isn't going on with Todd Rakita these days? <laughs> that jackass. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? My bad. <laughs> I meant to use a legal term, which is jackass. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Um, he's uh, he's fighting. He's you fighting. said you were going to watch your language. <laughs> I know. I said Jack first. So, okay. So, so, okay. So, so, there, so there we uh-huh. go. Uh, no, uh, a couple different things. Uh, number one, Rakita is fighting the disciplinary commission, uh, basically arguing that his First Amendment rights are being trampled on. He can oh, say whatever he wants, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing too, I just found out today uh, that I'm working on for this weekend is that Rakita has written a letter uh, to the congressional delegation about uh, about hemp. And saying that it is cannabis and it's wrong and bad, but the people oh. pushing that are people want to get a monopoly on the hemp industry here in Indiana. So Rakita signed his name to a to a letter. So I'm trying to get uh, my hands on all that right here, right now. So he wants to, he wants to ban hemp. Yes, in the state basically, of basically saying that uh, that hemp is cannabis and <laughs> the legislature does have the authority to do this, but mm-hmm. uh, there's case law in Arkansas that says the legislatures do, so it's, it's, it's going to be fine. It's like factually not correct though, and it, I can't um, believe that this grown ass man hasn't figured out something that I learned in college, which is you don't sign things you don't agree with. Here's here's my thing with hemp and Todd Rakita. If anybody could ever use hemp in their life, it's Todd Rakita. Bingo. <laughs> you did state house happenings for the weekend, right? Yes, yes, we did. Okay, uh, what you, uh, what's going on there? Uh, talk about. Uh, the, the talk about the governor's race and, and a few other things as well uh, that you can hear Sunday morning at 6 o'clock here on 93 WIBC. Right. Thank you, Abdul. Thank you. It is Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC.